Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me this morning. Good to see you. And uh, as I said earlier, you are just the troops that came out on Memorial Day, right? Well, thank you for the birthday uh, gift. Uh, you were you were taking up dollars, and I looked over at that time, and Carrie was writing a check out. And I turned to her and I said, are you writing me a check? And she says, no, and smiled at me. She said, I'm writing out my tithes and offerings. So I just thought maybe she was writing me a check. I thought, hey, this is cool. My wife is writing me a check. Well, uh, thank you for, again for being here. And uh, I, I know it's a busy weekend. And uh, I want to thank uh, Rick and Paula Harrison. They, they've just replanted our... Uh, our, our beds and our fountain and everything, and they make this place look beautiful. If you ever need landscaping, that's the guy you need to go see. Give them a big, big hand. I uh, also appreciate Waylon and Wendy being here. They were actually going to go for their uh, wedding anniversary. I don't know how long they've been married. Um, I think maybe just a day or two, but uh, anyway, they were wanting to celebrate that. Let's pray together. Father, we're so grateful that you love us and you care for us. And Lord, today we're celebrating you and what you're going to do in our life and through our life. And Lord, let our ears be open, our heart receptive. In Jesus' holy name, amen. You turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here this morning. you ever heard the term, the phobia, acrophobia? Has anybody ever heard that? Acrophobia is the fear of heights. And uh, ever, once in a while, we have to change the light bulbs in this uh, auditorium. If you look up, the lights uh, in some places are about 44 feet in the air. And we have a lift that we go up to change the light bulbs. Not everybody wants to go up in the lift. Ronnie goes up on a regular basis. Every once in a while I go up, and most people don't want to go up because have you ever been up high somewhere and your knees start doing funny things? Now, when you go up in that lift, there is a, there, there's a, an effect that happens when you get all the way to the top. It's called the, the kind of a cantilever uh, action where it, it, it kind of moves from one side to the other. And you know it's going to do that. You already know it's going to do that. But when it does, it doesn't make any difference. You start feeling funny feelings. And you start grabbing hold of things and, and your knees start buckling a little bit, even though you know it's going to do that. And, you know, even superheroes, if they have acrophobia, they just fly close to the ground, right? <laughs> well, listen, God doesn't want us to always be close to the ground. We want to be grounded. But how many of you know God always wants to take you to another level? And so we, we've been through this uh, last Sunday, and I want to continue that today. Um, and I want to take you back to the Old Testament. Uh, if you have your Bible, you might want to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 27 and this is an unusual thing but it actually happened when God wanted Israel to pass into the promised land into Canaan he took them between two mountains now we're talk not talking about the Rocky Mountains but you know some pretty high elevation maybe similar to uh, Mount Scott or even smaller and one mountain is called Mount Gerizim the other one's Mount Ebal and he wanted them to pass through the valley or the place in between the two mountains. And he did something very spectacular. He said, I want you to have a group on this mountain, a group on this mountain. And as the children of Israel passed through, he said, one side is going to be a mountain of cursing. That's Mount Ebal. The other side, Mount 
blessing. That's Mount Gerizim. And so they're, they're giving the, the blessings and the cursing in the ears of the children of Israel as they pass through that valley. Can you picture that in your mind? So he, he begins to say, now this is what I want them to say on Mount Ebal. This is the cursing. Cursed is the one who makes a carved or a molded image, an abomination to the Lord, the work of, a, of the hands of craftsmen, and sets it up in secret. And all the people are going to respond when they give these curses, amen, amen. That means we understand that. We, we get it, we understand it. So... Uh, Verse 16, Cursed is the one who treats his father or his mother with contempt. And the people say again, Amen. Cursed is the one who moves his neighbor's landmark. People respond, Amen. Cursed is the one who makes the blind to wander off the road. They shout, Amen. Cursed is the one who perverts the justice due to, uh, due to the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. So there's several curses, and as they, they, they pronounce these curses, the people that are traveling through, they say, Amen. We got it. We understand that. Now, when you go to chapter 28, they are saying on Mount Gerizim, they're saying the, the blessings. And the blessings are also there. Now, here's the key, and I want you to listen very closely. He said, if you obey my word and you listen to my voice, you'll have these blessings. But if you don't, you're going to have those curses. So if you do this wrong, it's going to be cursing. If you do this right, it's going to be blessing. So I want you to see in verse 2, he says, If you obey the Lord, then all these blessings shall come upon you, overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Now I like the language there because he said the blessings are going to overtake you. How many of you going through life want a blessing trying to get, get, get up to you? How many of you want to slow down to the blessing can overtake you and grab you? What a word picture. So I'm going through life, I'm walking through life, you're going through life, and guess what's behind you? The blessings are there to overtake you. So he says, verse 3, Blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the country, blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, your cattle, your offspring of your flocks. He says, blessed shall be your basket, your kneading bowl, blessed shall you be when you come in, you'll be blessed when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Aren't those all good blessings? And as they go through this valley, you're, you're blessed in the city, you're blessed in the field, you know, you're blessed here, and they say, amen, I received that. How many of you received the blessings of God today? How many of you going to help me preach? About half of our folks are gone, so you got to double up today. So, he says, you know, here, here's the blessings. They say, okay, I got it. Amen. You know, I want the blessings. But if you don't hear my voice, if you don't obey me, if you don't walk in my commandments, then these curses are going to be yours. So, it's your choice. How many of you know it's your choice? My choice. And so, he tells us that these are possibilities. Negative and the positive. How many of you know it takes a negative and a positive to start your car? And life is full of negatives and life is full of positives. But the positives are there for you and me. But the negative is waiting if we don't listen to God. Now, I want you to go to verse 13. I said all that to get to verse 13 and also to verse 43 here in a moment. In verse 13, he says, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to term these the next level promises of God. How many of you believe with me God wants to take you to a new level? He wants to increase your life, not decrease your life. So in verse 13, he said, And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you shall be above only and not beneath, if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and you are careful to observe them. So he says, now notice this, the levels. He said, you'll, you'll be the head, not the what? 
tail. You'll be above and not beneath. So he's talking about levels here. He says, now that's if you listen to me and you obey my voice. Now look at verse number 43. He says, now if you don't listen to me, if you don't heed my voice, then this is what happens to you. Verse 43. The alien or the stranger who is among you shall rise higher and higher above you and you shall come down, what? Lower and lower. So here again it's levels. He says, you listen to me, what's going to happen to you? You're going to go up higher and higher, you don't listen to me, you're going to do what? You're going to go down lower and lower. Now, I believe, according to the Word of God here, God wants to take you what? Higher and higher. He doesn't want you to go lower and lower. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. You know, sometimes the tail wags the dog. God says, don't, don't do that. He wants you to be above and not beneath, so he talks about levels. So if you were here last time, we talked about what's it going to take for you and I to get to another level in our life or be a next level person. So let me just rehearse what we talked about last time, four, four keys that we talked about. Number one, to go up, you got to get up. To go up, you got to get up. How many of you know you got to have a little initiative to go up, you got to get up? We also said you have to put some things off so you can go up to the next level. And the, the writer of Hebrews says this. He said, lay aside every weight and every sin that besets you. So we talked about a runner in the Olympics or, you know, in some kind of track and field event. Have you ever watched those runners? They have hardly anything on. Because they're not running in their boots, they're not running in their pants, they're not running with backpacks on. They strip down as much as they can to run the race. How many of you know you're running a race today? And so this race that we run, we have to put some things off so we can go to the next level. Don't get caught up in comparisons. Don't get caught up in comparison. There's always going to be somebody who does something better than you. Would you agree with that? They're going to sing better, work better. They're going to lead better. Maybe they love better. I mean, I don't know what it is. But if you get caught up in comparisons, you will go on a trip, and it won't be a good trip. So God created you to do something, and what you do, you can do very well, and you do things better than the other person. They may do things better than you, but if you get caught up in the comparison trap, it will keep you limited. Can I hear an amen? And here's the last one. Resist the temptation of becoming too comfortable on the level that you're currently on celebrate it, enjoy it, but realize God's going to take you to another level. So that's what we talked about last time. So let me give you four additional things that will allow you to be a next level person. How can we go to another level? So here's the first one. Commit to right thinking followed by action. Commit to right thinking followed by action. Nothing can hold you back. Nothing can hold me back once we make a commitment and make up our mind to go forward and go higher. Because this thinking thing is very important. Do you know the Bible talks about your thinking over and over and over again in the Bible? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Uh, Romans chapter 12, that we have to have the renewing of our minds so we can prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Think on these things. You can think on the wrong things or you can think on the right things. So we need to be thinking on the right things. Listen, the, the, the enemy wants to keep you limited. And the enemy wants to keep me limited. Listen, everybody listen to me just for a minute. He wants to chain you up so you cannot go higher. Let, let, me, let me tell you something. Depression... Alcohol, drugs, your own insecurities are chains that we can get wrapped up in and we can, but we're 
limited and we have difficulties going to the next level because the enemy wants to shackle us and chain us. And how many of you believe God wants to release those chains so you can continue to go higher? There are people, and maybe some of you here today, and, and we've all been there in some capacity, that you're chained by something that God wants to release you from. And if you don't listen to him, then you're going to limit your life, what God has potential in you, because you have been there and you're stuck there. Henry Ford said, if you think you can, you're right. If you think you can't, you're right. It's ever what you think. If you don't think you can, you won't. If you think you can, you will. So it depends on how we think. Listen, it's not how you feel. It's not what others say about you. It's not determined by your past. God has a potential for you. He has something that he put in you. He said something about you. So I want to believe what God said about me, not what I think. I want to believe what God said about me, not what other people are saying about me. It's not how I feel. It's what God said about my potential. How many of you agree with that? Now, if you don't see that, then you need to open up your eyes because God has something to say about your potential. And you have to think that. You have to act on that. You have to move forward in that. Now, here's the second one. You have to face your fears. We all have to face our fears. And everyone has a little bit of fear about something. It's part of your fallen nature. You say, well, I don't have any. Honey, check up. Yeah. Think up. Yeah. Everyone has a little bit of fear. I do good with snakes if I see them out there. <laughs> if I see them right here, they're all cobra-spitting vipers. <laughs> how, how many of you know what I'm saying? If I see them out there, I'm, I'm okay. If I look down there underneath me, I, I do the happy dance. <laughs> Y'all are so holy. Many years ago, we went to a conference in Arkansas. We took several people, several of those families uh, had small children. And so we, uh, we, we stayed at a, a fairly nice hotel that had a pool. Now, when I was growing up, Dad always had to stay in Motel 2. And uh, <clears throat> it never had a pool. Motel 10 was across the highway, and Steve and I would look across the highway at the kids playing in the pool, and we were just wishing we had a pool, then we'd sneak across the highway and crash their party. But anyway... So we're at a hotel, and, and it has a pool, and uh, there were several small kids there, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And some of the kids, th they were afraid to jump off the diving board or jump from the edge of the pool in the water. So I remember we were there for about three days, and every afternoon, so we, we had classes in the morning, services in the morning, we'd have service at night. So from about two to four, we would all go out to the pool. And so I try to get the kids to jump off the edge of the pool or the diving board, and they would say this, no, I'm, 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 I'm scared. I'm afraid to jump. So I, I would be in the water, and I'd say, listen, you jump. It's going to be okay. I'll be right here to catch you. And, and they'd get up close to the edge. You know, they'd want to jump because other kids are jumping in. But it's a little bit of fear. So th then they would jump in, and I'd catch them, and they'd go around to the steps, you know, get back in, and they'd jump in. How many of you know in about five minutes, they're doing cannonballs off the edge? <laughs> but, but it's that initial fear because it's something that I've never done before. And listen, God is in the pool, and some of us are standing on the edge, and let me tell you what God is saying. If you jump, I'll catch you. 
If you'll have the courage to jump, if you will get past the fear, then I will allow you to get into another dimension in your life. I'll take you a little bit higher. And folks, I want to tell you something. All of us have a little bit of apprehension in some areas of our life. When, when Steve and I were small, uh, mom decided that she wanted us to go to the Red Cross swimming uh, program in Duncan at Fuquay Pool. And you know what I'm talking about. So, so they, they taught Red Cross swimming. Now you have to understand we're bigger boys now. And we have been swimming from I don't know when. I, I never remember when I didn't know how to swim. And I think it's because dad just threw you in and said you swim. <laughs> Did anybody else have a dad like that? Okay. Some of you being honest. So you, you just knew how to swim. So we go up there. We're bigger boys. And all these kids are small. It's like the water's up to their, to, to their shoulders and, and the water to us is up to our waist. And we're thinking, what are we doing here? And, and so we're laying our head down with our arm out. We're blowing bubbles. <laughs> and we're looking at the deep end at the top of the... <laughs> of the high diving board and we're thinking that's where I want to be I want to be jumping off that high diving board but how many of you know you got to start somewhere and when you start there this is what happens God just takes you a little higher a little higher a little higher but you and I have to get past the fear Robert Kiyosaki who wrote the book Rich Dad Poor Dad he said don't let the fear of losing be greater than the excitement of winning because we let that fear creep in, it will keep us from going forward. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You know what God is saying? I'm right here for you. I'm there, right? So I'm here for you, Luke 12, 31. And this is a verse that I want you to really catch because this is what Jesus said over and over and over in his ministry. Fear not. Say that with me. Fear not. Now let's all say it. Fear not. How many of you know that Jesus said that over and over and over? And you know who he said it to the most? His own disciples. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Why is he saying fear not? Because fear is the opposite of faith. We need to walk in faith, not fear. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And then Hebrews 13 and 6. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. So fear has to be overcome by faith. And faith must overcome fear. Fear can be debilitating. People get fearful and it really locks them up. Fear can stop your progress. It can stop my progress. Just as it did when God's people came to the promised land the first time when he wanted them to cross over. Do you remember it? There at Kadesh Barnea, the 12 spies go out. Two reports come back. Most of the spies said this. Walled cities, giants. We can't take the land. It will eat us up. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. You know what they're saying? We're fearful. We are fearing to take this land because they will kill us and eat us up and we cannot take this land. Of course, thankful that, that Joshua and Caleb had a different report. But you know what happened? It stalemated them for 40 years. Fear stopped them for 40 years. They could have went to another level, but you know what stopped them? The fear that gripped them. 
Not the faith, but the fear. So we have to realize that fear can stop our progress. Here's the third thing. Not only do we have to overcome the fear and face our fears, but we have to value people. Say that with me. Value people. Okay, the rest of us, let's wake up. Say it with me. Value people. You know what we need to do? We need to show interest in other people. We need to make time for them. We need to help them reach their own potential. You know what? If you help somebody up, you know what happened to you? You got up too. You help them to another level, guess what you did? You just got to another level too. So we need to value people. When I was in college back in the Stone Age, and uh, I've shared this with you once before, but I want to share it again. Every university has foreign exchange students. I've never been to a university that didn't have foreign exchange students from all over the world. And the college that I went to had foreign exchange students. Now, back then, this is before internet, this, this is before cell phones, this is before a lot of things we have today, but we had several foreign exchange students, and most of those foreign exchange students, not all but most, their families usually have some some substance to get them to America to educate them. So some of them do pretty well. So we had several foreign exchange students in, in our college, and one guy was from Southeast Asia. And I can't remember his name, I kind of picture him, but while he was there at our university in the town that we were in, he wanted to buy a car. He wanted his car for the four years he was in the university. Now understand, here you have a guy who speaks broken English, he's from Southeast Asia, he goes to a dealership to buy a car, and you have to do the, the monetary exchange, you have to do the deal, you know, from another country. I mean, it's not very easy. And most dealerships did not want to deal with him because of all the hassles they had to deal with. He found one dealership, I think it was a Chevy dealership in the area there, the Metroplex, that, that worked with him, got him a car, and helped him out. He graduated from college. He went back to Southeast Asia. His family owned a company and a corporation. They were pretty wealthy. When he got into the company, got hired in the company, when they got ready to buy a fleet of vehicles, guess who he called to help seal the deal? He called the dealership that helped him when he was in college seal the deal, and it was a multi, multi, thousand, thousand upon thousands of dollars a deal that the dealership, they didn't have to send the cars, they just had to help broker the deal, and it was all because somebody valued a foreign exchange student and says, you're important, we will help you, and how many of you know that will pay dividends in your future? Amen. Let me tell you something, we need to value who God values. God values people. We need to value people. I tell you who some people value, it's them. It's me, 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 me. And they're all wrapped up in themselves. You know, if you're all wrapped up in yourself, you're a pretty small package. We need to value the people that God values. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Who did he value the world? We're not talking about mountain streams and, and prairies, and he values that. But how many of you know he's talking about people? We must value people, and people come in all shapes, sizes. They come from all kinds of backgrounds. If we're going to go to another level, we have to value people. And to value people, you've got to get out of your comfort zone and get into their zone and begin to value people. And so for us to go to another level, individually and corporately, we have to value people. So here's the fourth one. Here's the last one. 
You have to acknowledge that God is helping you. You have to acknowledge that God is helping you. We have this, uh, this line in Oklahoma. If you ever see a turtle on the top of a fence post, how many of you know he didn't get there by himself? So let me ask you a question. Did you actually get where you're at by yourself? No, you didn't. You had a friend, a dad, a mom, a mentor, somebody helped you get where you're at. And so don't think that it was solely by your efforts. Don't think that you did it and you didn't have any help at all. God helps us. And he helps us all the time and he helps us when we don't see it. Let me tell you a story about Carrie. When Carrie was going to college, she went to a, uh, a community college first and then she transferred to get her nursing degree. When she transferred, and, and I have a pet peeve about this, and I'm going to air it right now. Can I get on my soapbox? Every university in Oklahoma that is a state-approved university should accept and acknowledge every other class from all of those state universities. Can I get a witness here on that? Matter of fact, let's just, let's just clap our hands. When I'm elected governor, why in the world do we go to a state university that's an Oklahoma university and we take a class and we go to another one that is another state university? Well, I won't accept that class. Let me tell you what it's about. Two things. It's about money and money. Okay, I just thought you were maybe zoning out on me there. So Carrie goes... And she enrolls, trying to enroll, and they say, well, we can't accept these classes. you, you got to take this one again, this one, this one. And, and Carrie, now, you just know her as a nice person here at church. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding you. So she says, now, wait a minute. I've taken these classes. I've already taken these classes. I made good grades in these classes. Why do I need to take these classes over again? Well, that's just what we do. You, you did take them here. You need to take them over. Now, now, wait a minute. Hold on. I've already taken these classes. I already paid for these classes. I got good grades in these classes. Here's my resume. Look at it. Well, I'm sorry, but you're just going to take these classes over. She said, who do I talk to next? Who can I talk to next? And this is what the person said. The president of the university, he's up on one of these floors up here. You can go talk to him. Guess what she did? She went out, punched the elevator, went up a few floors higher, went into this area where the president's office is, and the secretary actually let her in. <laughs> and she goes in there. He says, how can I help you? She said, I'm trying to enroll. But they keep telling me I have to take all these classes over again. Here, here's my resume. I've taken these classes. I have great grades. I, 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 I've already taken all this. I've already paid for this. He's listening. He takes a piece of paper out, writes something on the piece of paper, folds it up, and gives it to her. She goes back out, gets in the elevator, goes back down. She said, I was so nervous, I didn't even look what he wrote. <laughs> she goes back to the enrollment area, gives a piece of paper to the person who said, I'm sorry, you can't do this. He opens it up, and Carrie's thinking, what did he write? And this is what he said, I've never seen this before. And Carrie said, what does it say? And he said, take everything she's got. Wow. You know what that is? That's divine favor. Yeah. 
That's divine favor. Now, here's the point. You and I need to acknowledge God's helping you. In the middle of your struggle, in the middle of what you're going through, God's helping you. So don't, don't get this attitude, hey, I did this on my own. No, you didn't. I have done nothing on my own. There is a God in heaven that is with you, and he's helping you, and he's helping me, and if I'm going to go to another level, I have to realize, listen, I can't get there on my own. God's going to have to help me get there. And get, here's the good news. He helps us get there. Don't stay where you're at. Don't stay at this place. Well, it's comfortable. I know it's comfortable, but it's still where you're at. So we have to keep going higher and higher and higher and realizing God can help us. I love the story about the guy who owned a business and it was failing. It was doing horrible. And he went to his pastor and he said, Pastor, my business is not doing good. I need help. He said, would you pray that God would help me with my business? And he said, if you will and God will help me, I'll be a giver. I'll be a tither. And the pastor said, well, whatever. But I'll still pray for your help. And Pray that your business will turn around. And boy, they got there on their knees in his office and they prayed and they prayed and he got up and he said, well, I'm just going to trust God that he is going to help me. And guess what? He, his business just turned around. I mean, God just really helped. How many of you know you have not because you, you ask not? Well, his, his business went from, you know, to nothing until all of a sudden he's making $10,000 a month in his business. So he writes a check for $1,000 a month, you know, for the work of the Lord. And then the next month, you know, he's making $50,000 a month. And he writes a check for $5,000 a month for the work of the Lord. Then it goes to $100,000 a month. And he, he's writing a check for $10,000 a month. And it's not long. I mean, he's building buildings. He's employing new employees. I mean, they're bringing in a million dollars a month. And he's writing a check for $100,000 a month for the work of the Lord. And he says, man... Uh, I think I'm writing too much money. I mean, this is going to get ridiculous. I'm, I'm giving too much money. So he, he goes back to his pastor and he says, man, you know, I sure am giving a lot of money. He said, this kind of, you know, making me feel uncomfortable. He said, what do I do? And the pastor said, well, let's pray. And they began to pray. And the pastor said, my brother thinks, you know, he's giving too much money. Would you take his business back down to $1,000 a month? <laughs> And the guy says, oh, don't pray that way. I don't want to go backwards. And none of us want to go backwards. I mean, you know, we want to go forward. We want to go to the next level. And listen, this is what I believe. And I'm going to read one more verse and I'm, I'm done. I believe God wants that for you individually. Now, I don't know what your level is. You, you may be a, a five-talent person. You may be a two-talent person. You may be a one. I don't know. But I'll guarantee if you do something with what God gave you at whatever level it is, he'll say, well done, well done. Amen. Everybody can't do five, everybody can't do two, and maybe everybody can't do one. But whatever level you're on, what your potential is, God knows what that potential is. He knows what that level is. And he will help you take what you have and gain something more from it and through it. So I believe that for you individually. I believe that for us corporately. Folks, I, I, I know I'm having a birthday this week, but I believe our best days are yet to come. We're going to reach our cities. We're going to reach our county. We're going to reach young people and kids. We're going to see this grow and expand. Let me tell you why. Because we're in this for the real deal. 
I'm not about the show. I'm not about religion. I'm not really into denominationalism. But I am about Jesus. And I believe he changes lives. And he changes families and marriages. And he changes our young people that's made mistakes. Let me tell you, there's not one family here that hasn't had a kid that's had some kind of mistake, including ours. They may be small mistakes, they may be big mistakes, but you're here today and maybe you're there. I'm telling you, God can take our families, our marriages, our kids to another level. And I'm believing that. And I'm trusting you are too. I don't want to go to a place to sing Kumbaya and not see increase and potential and profit. And God's all about doing that through faith and believing the Word of God. Can I hear an amen? Now let me read one last verse. This is Psalm 46, 1 and 2. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Now folks, I hadn't had anything that tragic happen to me. I hadn't seen the earth removed from me or mountains slide into the sea. But everybody's seen trouble. Everybody's seen trouble. I don't care how old you are or where you came from. Everybody's seen trouble. If you hadn't seen it for a while, you're going to see it. How many have ever had trouble this week? Okay. But this is what he said. I am a very present help in your time of trouble. So where is God right now? Present with you. So, if I'm striving, if I'm moving, if I'm pressing to the mark, the high calling of God through Jesus Christ, who's with me? The Lord is. And this, this is what we want to acknowledge. God is helping me get there. If I ask you, have you failed recently about something? And let me tell you my answer. My answer is going to be yes. Oh, I know you're I'm your pastor, but please forgive me. I, I am supposed to be walking in the Spirit, but every once in a while, my flesh rises up. It doesn't mean I'm not saved, but it means I'm like Paul. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I shouldn't do, sometimes I do. Is anybody like that here? Every once in a while. And then he gives us the answer to that in the next chapter, Romans 8. He said, listen, Mike, don't walk in the flesh. Walk in the spirit. And if you will walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But I love you when you do good, and I love you when you don't do so good. But I don't want to leave you in the not so good I want to take you to the next level so that you can reach your potential. I think you're soaking this up right now because you're really quiet. Because I think I'm hitting something that I know I need. But it's something that we all need. That God wants to take you wherever you're at today to a whole nother level. And I've decided... And I want you to decide that I'm going to be a next level person. I'm not camping out here. I'm not staying here. If I got here, I'm going to celebrate it. I'm going to enjoy it. But I want to be a next level person. I want God to continue to work in my life. And I want to see the great and the mighty miracle working power of God. 
And I believe you want that too. Bow your head with me. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.